I'm here standing here to actually introduce Ambassador Ali Ujali, um, who is a first-rate diplomat, uh, and we are very happy to have him with us. Born and raised in Libya, he started his career in 1968 in London and went on to Malaysia, Argentina, and Brazil. He has also held a variety of positions in his country's Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And then on September 9, 2011, he presented his credentials to President Barack Obama. So we are happy to have him here. He is the first ambassador to the U.S. from a free Libya. He practices his profession according to one of Senator Fulbright's more memorable statements. The making of peace is a continuing process that must go on from day to day, from year to year, so long as our civilization shall last. Our participation in this project and process is not just the signing of a charter with a big red seal. It is a daily task, participating in all the details and decisions which together constitute a living and growing policy. It is therefore my great pleasure and honor to present to you Ambassador Ali Bujali. Please uh, use the cards uh, for the questions which will be collected uh, during the ambassador's remarks. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Salatu wa salamu ala Sayyid al-Mursaleen, Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahabihi ajma'in. First of all, let me say thank you very much, Dr. Anthony, for this invitation. Thank you for the Arab-American Policymaker Conference. Um, for organizing this event every year. This is a very important event in Washington, D.C., and I'm very happy to be here for the second time uh, to give some remarks. Th three years ago, exactly in this month, 2008, I came here and I made very few remarks. That day, when I came here, that I was expecting a very important news from Tripoli concerning the settlement of Lockerbie issue. Uh, then the outstanding issue between Libya and the United States, which took more than uh, decades, it was settled that day when I came to this conference. Thank you very much. Uh, the second thing also, I want to pay my condolences to the Saudi Arabian government and to the people for the death of the, death of the crown prince. I want to thank, first of all, the United States for what you did for the Libyan people when they asked for the help against this brutal regime which is, uh, took place after the Libyan simply peacefully trying to raise their voice to ask one simple question, what happened to our beloved who had been detained in 1996? And they only came to know about them in, 19, in 2008. Um, Gaddafi, they faced that demonstration 
with weapons and guns. Libyan people were desperate and uh, they asked for help. I was here in the United States, in Washington, D.C. I was interviewed by Wolf Flitzer in the CNN, and he directed the camera to my face and asked me what you want to tell the President. I told Mr. President, Libyan people, they need your help. Libyan people, they have been killed by their own ruler who ruled them for the last 42 years. Without the help, without the lead of the United States, Libyan people are going to suffer. And maybe it will be a massacre. And if no international action will be taken, then I am sure that the world will regret. We have experience of Srebrenica, we have experience in African countries. Then we are grateful to the United States. We are grateful to the people, we are grateful to the media, we are grateful to the Congress who came and forward and support. Even there are some voices telling the people here and there that Libya is not interest of the United States. But the matter of interest is a human being. Libyan people, they are facing this brutal regime and they have no ways and means to defend themselves. Then I'm really uh, happy on behalf of the Libyan people to tell you thank you America, thank you President, thank you very much. The second thing also I want to thank the NATO who also uh, came to help the Libyan people, the United Nations also, the Arab League, Qatar, United Arab Emirates, Egypt, Tunisia, Jordan, all these countries who came forward to help the Libyan people. Um, when the uh, revolution started in Libya on 15th or 16th of February, I was asking myself what is going on. And I made a call to the important people to find out why Gaddafi killing the people just for uh, simple demonstration. And that response I got from that time that uh, there are only young people on drugs, and that's a very easy issue to handle. Um, when I heard this word, then I said, well, there is no meaning for calling anybody. Then my family, the Libyan community, we've been uh, discussing what's going on in Libya. Um, there is only one choice in front of me. There is only one decision I have to make. And that decision is not difficult, because what I have seen on my eyes, what we've been watching on the TV, it is unbelievable. I want to thank the Libyan community for the role, the Libyan student, my staff, and also my family. I'm sure if I am delaying my resignation by one day, my wife and my daughter, they will go to the CNN and they make it on my behalf. <laughs> then I'm grateful to them. <clears throat> um, nobody in Libya, and I think in the world, and the intelligence maybe agencies, they expect that the Libyan people raise one day against this regime. Because the main purpose 
the main issues, the main interests of this regime, how to keep the power in the hands of Gaddafi's Gaddafi families. I've been working uh, for Libya 42 years. I was appointed in the, during the monarch, before the coup d'etat. We've been trying for all these years that if we can make some changes, we cannot leave the country in the hands of Gaddafi's and Gaddafi's family to do what they want. There are many decent people, there are many honorable people in Libya. They felt long time ago that what's going on in Libya is completely wrong, wrong direction. Libyans, they never enjoy with all the wealth they have, their lives. They never believe in a very good, they never even dream with a good future for themselves or their children. They are desperate. They have no loyalty to their own country. But, September's, but February 17, it made these changes. For the first time in 42 years that we are proud of our country, we are proud of our people. The Libyan chanting in the, on the 23rd of uh, this month when they celebrate Free Libya, that raise your head, you are free Libyan. Then Libyan, they are free after this revolution. You do not know how much we suffer as a diplomat to keep our principles and to keep our dignity and to work to make some uh, kind of understanding between the United States and Libya. I always believe that maybe when Gaddafi he feel comfortable with the United States, maybe he will turn to his people, he look at them, he realize they need uh, attention, they need infrastructure, they need education, and they need part of their wealth. Two messages from the victory happening in Libya. Message and the lesson. Message to the dictatorship all over the world. Then don't ever underestimate your people. Nobody dream in Libya that one day the Libyan will raise up against Gaddafi. This is a great lesson. A message to the leader also, they have to give up, to give democracy to the people to choose their, their representative. Without this, I think the Arab world has been under, the very, under stress from their own governor. They are rising now, and there is no more chance for compromise. When the Libyans are raised against this regime, I spoke with Mr. Jalil, the chairman of NTC in Rome. That was, I think, maybe in March. And I asked him for one thing. Mr. Jalil, my advice to you is one thing. No compromise. No discussions with Gaddafi or Gaddafi's government. We have one destiny. We have one hope. We have one dream that Libya is free from Gaddafi and Gaddafi's families. We lost hope. In this, in this government to do anything for the Libyan people. Um, the Libyans, they find themselves uh, from different, groups, different society, facing a brutal regime, and they find themselves, they need a leadership. Then they organize themselves in the National Transitional Council. People, they know each other, uh, but they never work together 
in this such a situation from peaceful administration to become a real war. These young people who are being fighting, unbelievable, that be, I believe because of this accumulation of the depress, of frustration, of unemployment, and of the hatred of this regime. For eight months, Libyan people, they made their dreams, their dreams come true. But we must realize that there are so many challenges in front of us. But at the same time, I have two things. One is the Libyan who have been able to unite for eight months to fight this regime, who has be, been using everything, mercenaries, raping, killing, mass graves. They are, I hope, a great, I have a great hope in this people to continuing the dream of the Libyan for free, democratic, elected government. The second thing, the international community who came to help the Libyans, the desperate Libyan, in the right time, we not only need their support and their help during the war, but we need their help and support during the peace. Libyans, they need better education, infrastructures, they need training, they need security, and they need stabilization. This is very important issues. The National Security Council yesterday, they end the mission of the uh, NATO. Uh, I was not very happy myself, if you ask me. I thought that maybe they will extend it until the end of the year, until we managed to control everything, every piece in our country. But the forming of another option, which is led by, led by Qatar and the United States and other countries, I think this is, uh, make me feel more comfortable. There are no resistance now, of course, in Libya. Gaddafi is dead. Gaddafi is finished. But in the same time, there are some people, some box may be here or there. We have 8,000 of borders with African countries. Unfortunately, many mercenaries, they came through African countries to kill our people. Then the challenges also we have, we have to remove these arms from the street. Uh, Libyan, we never seen that Libya, uh, Libyan people, they are carrying arms in their hands, except the police or the Gaddafi's uh, soldiers. But now, unfortunately, the arms everywhere. And we need help. We need help to, uh, for this uh, kind of weapons which Libyan, they will not be handled to collect, like these missiles, like the other weapons, which is now at large. We need to secure our borders. Libya has no army, no police, except security brigades formed under Gaddafi's son's leadership their purpose not to protect the country, but to protect the regime, to protect the family. Then we need help from the international community. We need to reconcile among ourselves. There are so many wounds, so many hurts, so many suffering. The Libyan winters, not for the last eight months, but for the last 42 years. 
But what happening in the last eight months, it equal for the 42 years of suffering. Then we have to be careful how we are going to absorb, how we are going to get the Libyan together to unite. It is possible. It is not impossible. I'm sure that the Libyan who carry the guns to fight Gaddafi, they will be able to carry the, in their hearts the conciliation for the people. Two people that we, they have to face justice. The one who corrupted and the one whose hands are with the blood of the Libyans. But part from that, we need a conciliation among ourselves. <clears throat> the media, of course, carry many stories about Libya. Carrying the Islamists, what's going to happen to Libya uh, there are some Islamic groups that are worried uh, about uh, their agenda. Uh, from the beginning, Gaddafi is using Al-Qaeda. From the beginning. Then if there is Al-Qaeda in Libya uh, during Gaddafi time, then who brought, them? who brought them to Libya? Then he is the one who is responsible for that. But believe me, the one who has been claimed as a member of Al-Qaeda or the Libyan fighting group, they came back for Libya for a long time and they are living their normal life. But when they see the Libyan, their families, their houses uh, being uh, raped and being killed and being taken by the regime who are using only the life ammunition to kill his own people, then you can't blame them. But there is no worry about Libya to unite. There is no worry that one group it will take over. All the Libyan, they paid a very high price for one thing they want to achieve in their lives that the democracy. And they have to thank God that I am still alive to see this regime is hosted by the Libyan, Libyan people. They're also um, talking about Sharia. The, um, Mr. Abjalil, he mentioned uh, in the, uh, his speech on the 23rd of October. Also, don't don't worry, this is the excitement of the celebration. Um, uh, Abdi Jalil, uh, he the chairman, he was the minister of justice. And to now the process to make the laws, it will go completely different during Gaddafi's time. That we have to elect the, our council. The, our council is the only legislator will be involved in, uh, uh, in the law according their uh, uh, according to the interests of, of the people. Then I want the international community and the media to take it easy with the Libyans. Libyans, they are not aggressive. Libyans, they are conservative, this is true. Libyans, they are dreaming to have a normal relation with the world. We want a normal relation. Um, Fifty years ago, Libyans, they used to travel to Europe without visa. Many European countries, they, for the Libyans, is without visa. Now, during Gaddafi's time to get a visa, this is a, a nightmare. Then we want to have a normal relation. We want Libya to be an active member in the international community to help security, to help uh, countries who are suffering under also the dictatorship regime. Our responsibility completely is different from, from what, what has to be under Gaddafi. What uh, we expect from the United States? What we expect? We expect, of course, that to build the conference, which was not exist for the last maybe 30, 35 years, 
I came to this country in 2004 trying to, build the, trying to help as much as I can to normalize the relation for the same reason I mentioned just a few minutes ago. But my job never been difficult. This relation, it never been stable. Any statement, any uh, to do with Gaddafi, and he's not happy with it, this means we, are, we go back to the first square. I hope this uh, period of non-confidence that it is over. We want the participation of the United States in reconstructions of our country. We want also the American think tanks and democratic institutions to help us create the atmosphere of how the Libyan they can practice their rights to vote the government. I must mention here that I'm really grateful to Secretary Clinton and to Senator John McKean and Senator Robiu and Senator Graham and Senator Crick. They've been to Libya a few days ago and now uh, there is a deal that the first Libyan wounds, they will arrive to Boston tomorrow about 6 o'clock for the treatment in United States hospitals. This is a very important and urgent issue for the NTC to, to deal with the injuries, the weapons in the street, the security of the, of the country. And the, because the security of Libya is very important, we have Tunisia in the east, in the west, we have Egypt in the, in the, in the east, uh, and we have to work together for the stability of the region. The, 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 non, the illegal immigrants, Gaddafi used to use this illegal immigrant as a weapon and blackmailing the European countries for the last decades. If he is happy with them, then, they, then he will stop the illegal immigrants. If he is not, then he opened the doors. And not only the doors, but he helped them with boats and these things to go. We have to build, of course, our institution. We need your help. We need your support. And, uh, of course, there is um, a very important issue we have to handle them uh, in, among ourselves as a Libyan. As I mentioned, reconciliation. Uh, the Libyan people now they are ready for, uh, to establish a new democratic country, believe in freedom, believe in human rights, believe, believe in, in the freedom of the press, and, uh, but they need your support. They need your support. They need the support of the United Nations, of course. We need to know where are our money they are. There are some in, in Europe, some in the United States. We are not worried about this, but we are worried about the other money, which may be in African countries, which we don't know where they are. We hope that we elect our government in eight months after the reform of the, of the uh, temporary interim government. We hope that the Libyan people, they made the right choice. If they didn't, second time they will learn. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, thank you for your comprehensive and thoughtful remarks. Uh, I, I'm certain I can speak for this audience that the best wishes of, uh, uh, of the National Council and our friends are with the people of Libya at this time. Sir, just one or two questions. Uh, you, you seem to have a wonderful appreciation that the apparatus of government that remains may have uh, extraordinarily difficulties in dealing with the challenges of uh, creating the new state. 
and indeed that seems to be the experience of the world when these things come. Uh, there are specific concerns about the weapons, uh, the weapons that, uh, that may have uh, become misplaced during the, uh, during the time of, uh, of the uprising. And as you mentioned, uh, there's the question of will you be able to get, uh, to get the money? As we know, sometimes when tyrants depart, uh, and even when their families depart, they manage to bring a lot of the uh, resources and riches of the country with them. And one can only wonder how much money has transferred to Niger in recent days with the family. Sir, any thoughts on these subjects would be appreciated. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, of course, uh, the weapon is, uh, is, is the main concern of Libya. And if you watch the ceremony in Benghazi on the 23rd of October that you see the uh, military group, they brought, uh, they presented uh, Mr. Jalil with the pistol. Uh, this is a symbolic asking the Libyan that they have, to, uh, the Libyan fighting group, that they have to do the same. And uh, we start to see that many groups, they are giving up their weapons, and this is a very good sign. Uh, and it is important, of course, to encourage them and to do whatever we can to collect all these weapons. But maybe this is not the main issue. The main issue, the weapons, which we don't know where they are. And, uh, and the women who, uh, which are there, but we need some help, technical help to get them. I believe this is um, uh, United States and uh, Great Britain. I think they are giving the help and, uh, and support. Uh, concerning the money, of course, now after the United Nations Security Council resolution uh, 2016, Libyan now they, are, uh, they have more access to their money. Uh, they are. Um, uh, uh, they are working with international and uh, banking banks and other financial institutions how to get this money. But the problem is not only how to get this money. The problem how we going to, what we are going to do in the, with this money and how can we keep them away from any uh, corruption. Uh, this is an issue, and the, I believe that the money which we get from any institute or any banks, they have to go directly to the Libyan Central Bank or to the Libyan banks in Libya. Uh, I think the, 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 the Libyan now, they are mature. They know what the corruption means. They know uh, also the new um, officials, they, they know very well that the Libyan now, they are free people then they can raise against any corruption any time, but not in the same way I hope that there is against Gaddafi. Uh, sir, one more item, please. Uh, and uh, a previous speaker mentioned the possibility of, uh, of a defense relationship between the United States and Libya. And, uh, of course, the United States has just formed a, a new command called Africa Command, uh, that seeks to uh, establish relationships not only throughout Africa, but also specifically with the Arab Maghreb. Uh, and uh, one knows that uh, just, just when Colonel Gaddafi came to power, the, uh, uh, the U.S. Air Force departed uh, Wheelis Air Force Base just outside the capital of Tripoli. And, and there are those who remember those days and wonder if, uh, if uh, the new government of Libya would seek a, a defense relationship or be open to, uh, to negotiations concerning one with the United States? Well, I think uh, that uh, the uh, military relation between the United States and, and Libya, it will be one of these issues. But we will never uh, think, of course, uh, 
that the United States one day they will have base in Libya, this uh, uh, kind of idea, they're not on the table at all. We, need, we, we, we want to have a very respected and equal relation with the West and with the United States. We want, of course, their technology and we want their experience to help to establish the Libyan National Army. Uh, this is very important. The relation between Libya and the United States in the past, since we established the, our, the relation in uh, 2003, that uh, the military relation is very slow. And, uh, um, but I think after this, that will be completely different. We will work with them, we will try to train our people in the right institution and the right colleges. Um, we, Libya, do understand very much what the West and what the United States did for us. But at the same time, the Libyan sovereignty and the Libyan decision have to be respected. With this, we can keep the relation. With this, we can keep the entrance. With this, we will not be blamed as we are uh, uh, being uh, used by the countries who support us and the countries who support us not be also blamed that uh, they are coming for the certain interests and they want to dominate the Libyan political decision. I'm very sure that we reached understanding between our leadership, even on this time, that uh, we have to do in a better way as it used to be before. We had to build the confidence between our countries, between our peoples, um, and of course our economic and our trade relation, it will be taking into account the countries who came to support us when we are desperate. I will never forget on the 19th of March when Mr. Jalil and the acting foreign minister, they called me and they told me if there is no action tonight from the NATO, then Benghazi next week it will be the biggest symmetry in the region. And I'm glad that the French, they strike just in the right time. If they are late one hour, I think Benghazi will be your biggest symmetry. That's true. Uh, in the interest in moving along with our agenda this afternoon, we are going to, as we did in the past, consider some of the 20-odd questions uh, in a more thoughtful way, check with our friends from the Libyan delegation, and provide answers electronically uh, on our website. Uh, we're most appreciative of the Ambassador's uh, uh, not only remarks this afternoon, but, but also his willingness to adjust his schedule as we needed to adjust ours to, uh, uh, to, to look after uh, uh, the, the events as they unfolded. So please join me in, in expressing our appreciation to not only the, uh, the Ambassador from Libya, but to the Libyan people for their freedom. Thank you, sir.